One of these days, I'm a I'm a make one of them catchy intro, intro sayings, slogans, phrases, whatever. Cause good evening. I mean, what happened if I record in the morning or the afternoon or late, late, late at night? I can't say good evening all the time. But anyway, uh, today the topic is my life and specifically referring to work, which is definitely an interesting topic. So right after college, or should I say right after I secured my engineering degree, I immediately moved back to New Orleans because I knew and I decided that I wanted to pursue my business full time. Now, granted, I came to the realization after my junior year, or should I say going into my junior year, that engineering was not exactly what I was passionate about. And I felt this for a couple of reasons. One, because I went into it with not a full grasp of what mechanical engineers do, or should I say the bulk of mechanical engineers do. Now, granted, you do have some outliers that work in finance or their managers or they don't necessarily do what a traditional engineer does. But I later found out that most mechanical engineers, if they're not working or if they are working for the government or even private companies at a desk, uh, looking at a computer, not really. You have some that are in the field, but I wouldn't say that's the average job, just as far as what I know. And I'm not really a sit at a desk, look at a computer type of person. So that's when I was honestly like, I'm, I'm not really feeling this whole engineering thing. But I knew that I one, I couldn't come home without a degree. And two, it would behoove me to try to switch majors at that point because I knew that I was going to tack on at least another year of school that I was not willing to pay for. So I, 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 uh, I continued on the, on the curriculum, you know, got to see you through my boy, got to see you through. And I graduated and it's really a good thing that I found entrepreneurship and that I started a business because that is what really fueled me after graduation, because if it wasn't for that, I really don't know what I would have done. So um, back in New Orleans, looking for people to pick up the lemonade, looking for accounts, trying to get the lemonade into as many people's hands as possible. And that definitely come that definitely came with its fair share of obstacles. One being finding a place that I could make the lemonade. Because your, your, your kitchen at your house is only so big. And with a growing business, it can't support, you know, the business and what it does on a regular basis. The kitchen, that, that is. So luckily, a member from church had a bakery that she wasn't using. But she did have a tenant that was renting it out. But I spoke with her and the tenant and we both agreed that I would occupy the space during the night and she would occupy the space during the day. So it was something. It was a start. 
it wasn't the best terms, seeing as though the earliest I could start making lemonade was probably uh, seven or eight o'clock at night. But like I said, it was a start. And I continued to do that. And I was able to grow the business one one day at a time, one week at a time. And luckily enough, I was blessed for her to be able to work with me on rent because, like, you know, just starting out, I wasn't going to be able to afford crazy high, crazy high rent. I can't remember what I paid, but I knew it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot. And I did put some money towards the electricity bill as well. So I'm doing this, making lemonade at night, uh, probably for probably for about two or three months. I'm really bad at time, but I'm probably doing it for around two or three months. I graduate in May and I have my first big break during Essence when it was in New Orleans that summer. And I found out about Essence in the park, I want to say. It was the first day of Essence, and I want to also say it was July 4th. But yeah, it was July 4th, and they kicked off Essence by having it in Louis Armstrong Park. And you had vendors and everything, and I saw it on Twitter. I was like, man, I... I'm going to go check that out. So I go and I get my cooler, fill it up with as much lemonade as I already had made. And I grab my my little wagon and no no permit, no nothing. I just literally walk in the park, wasn't asked any questions by security. And I my goal is to sell, sell lemonade, you know, so. I'm walking, I'm walking. The first person beats on the cooler. Hey, you got any beer now? I was like, nah, I, I, I don't have any alcohol. Uh, I just have lemonade. Man, I don't want no, I, I want no lemonade. I need, I need beer. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. So another person, hey, you got some beer now? That ain't, that ain't $10? I was like, no, I'm sorry to inform you, sir. I do not sell alcohol. I only have the best. This time I said, I only have the best lemonade you ever had in your life. He's like, well, I don't need the best lemonade. I need alcohol. I was like, well, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I, I can't help you. Third person, what you got in that cooler? I said, well, ma'am, I am delighted to tell you that you are in luck. What I have in this cooler is the best lemonade that you have ever tasted in your life. And if you do not agree, I'll give you a refund. And she said, well, I would like to try some. And the minute I opened that cooler, it was not closed until I was sold out. Now, granted, you have legitimate booths selling beverages, selling food, selling snacks, selling this and that. And I'm literally... Standing here with a cooler in a wagon, and I had a line of at least probably 10 to 15 people. Cause it was, it was one, it was hot. It 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 was hot. I'm talking about heat advisory. If you if you live in New Orleans, you know how hot it get in July. So it was sweltering. And it was just it was it, it was something that caught your attention. 
you know, all the booths look the same. They all have the same tent. They all have the same table, same barricades. But when you see a line of people for somebody that has a cooler, you're like, what? What? What the way they got going on? So I think I had three flavors and I was I was just slanging. I was slanging. I'm talking about I couldn't take the I couldn't take the money out of these people's hands fast enough. Like I'm 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 selling lemonade. And I go to give somebody their order. And when I turn around, it's like five, six hands just with 10s, 20s, just over the cooler. Give me this. Give me this. Give me this. And oh, my gosh, it was such an amazing experience. Grant, I learned a lot, you know, uh, one being if I'm going to do something like that, it would be best to have somebody else just to expedite the process and for safety reasons. So I'm not by myself with wads of cash in my pocket. But. I had people now granted this is essence, so it's already people from all around, not even the United States, the world. I had somebody purchase my lemonade from different states, Atlanta, California, uh let me rephrase that. Different cities and states, because Atlanta is not a state, but I had somebody from Atlanta, California, Chicago, Alabama. And the thing that really set it off was I had somebody from London buy the lemonade and say, oh, my gosh, it's the best lemonade I've ever had. And, you know, I said, follow me on Instagram, you know, and, 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 and all that stuff. It was so amazing. I sold out within 45 minutes and I made over six hundred dollars. And if I didn't know what I had before, at that moment, I knew I had something since I was able to just. Oh, man, that, that, that was a great experience. So immediately after that, I call up, I call up my little brother. I call my little brother, uh, Paton. I was like, hey, bro, I need your help because I don't have any lemonade. And that was just the start of essence. So I can't have lemonade on day one and just abandon ship. So, so uh, what happened? We go, we, we get it in. I don't, I don't think we start until 10. And when we finish, we finish at like five in the morning. But we make as much lemonade as we could as we could. And it was time for the next day. It was time for the next day. Now, granted, when you stay up from 10 to five, I mean, you're going to go to sleep. But unfortunately, the time that I was asleep was probably the hottest day of essence. And I missed out. But. I made I made six hundred dollars in forty five minutes, so I was still living off that high. So I go out and I was outside of the convention center, same cooler, same wagon, same scenario. I parked probably about half a mile away, but I had to make it work, and I was just outside the convention center selling lemonade. And people was telling me, "Oh man, you got to watch out! The people with the permit coming, you know, permit enforcement." I was like, "Hey, you know that that's a risk I'm willing to take right now." And crazy enough, I meet a couple of people. The first person I met was actually somebody that was in charge of the vendors, vendor admission for Essence. And she tasted the price like, man, we got to get you in here next year. Granted, a little bit of foreshadowing. This was 2019. As you can imagine, Essence 2020 was never happened. So... You know, that that was a dud. But in that moment, I was like, man, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And then the second person I, I met, I forget her name, but she's the the lady that started messing a bottle. 
and she tasted the product. She loved it. And it was just so much positive energy around my product that really fueled me to keep going because those nights, man, those nights was bad. Those nights was rough. So fast forward probably a month. No, actually, the, 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 the middle of that same month, middle of July, I'm doing the lemonade full time, but I'm not seeing enough profit to justify only doing the lemonade. So my parents are 100 percent supportive. But at the same time, you got to be able to make a living. And I was I was reevaluating my situation and seeing how I was going to move forward. And somebody, a friend from church, had reached out and said he knew of a principal that was looking for a teacher and I came, I came across his, I came across his, 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 his mind. Now, granted, I'm not a teacher. I didn't go to school for teaching at all, but I did have an engineering degree and it was under, I was under the impression that they were looking for a math teacher, which was something that wasn't out of my wheelhouse. It's, it's something that I was comfortable with. So I applied to be a teacher. And I got the job, and the first couple of days I was just floating because the principal wasn't sure where to put me, and I want to say she knew where she wanted to put me. She just didn't want to tell me at first because I might have left <laughs> because I told her that, now granted, this is middle school, and I told her I'm familiar with how middle school science works. I know it's earth, life, and physical. I'm good with the physical because that's close to physics, physics. But earth and life, that's no, that's not me. That's not me. And I'm not good at English. So all I really got is all I really got is is math. You know, Uh, social studies, I could kind of finesse it because in my mind, that's just a lot of reading. But science and English, nah. Lo and behold, I get put to teach seventh and eighth grade science. Oh, my gosh, that was probably some of the most stressful trying times. Oh, man, that job. Ooh, to all my teachers out there, especially teachers that work at uh, public schools that are poorly funded in in low income areas. Man, it's 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 rough. It's rough. My heart goes out to you. But I, I'm not a teacher. So I put my best foot forward. And right around what it was right before Thanksgiving, I realized that it literally wasn't the right fit for me. All things taken into account, not only was I ill prepared, I was learning on the fly, learning on the go, but it, it was really taking a heavy toll on my mental health. And if you're looking at the best interests of the children, I don't want to be the reason why they can't succeed because I'm not adequate enough as a teacher. And I wasn't the type of person that would just go there, you know, give them some worksheets and then and then and then send them off 
you know, send them on their way. Uh, that's not necessarily something that I would have. The, I don't have the conscience for that. So since I realized that I wasn't what they really needed. Now, granted, black males in academia is definitely something that everybody wants. But at the same time, I have to look out for myself. And I realized that teaching wasn't the best best bet for me. So I resigned as a teacher. It definitely taught me a lot. It taught, it taught me a whole lot. Uh, but I resigned as a teacher right before, right before Thanksgiving, I want to say. And I'm back doing the Lemonade full time. So this is end of 2019. Now we're going into 2020. And I had a meeting with Rouses right before Mardi Gras of 2020. And they tell me that they like my product and they want to put me in six of their best performing stores in New Orleans and will and they was open to see how the product would do after that. The only thing in the way was they were currently updating their computer software system so they couldn't import any new vendors. So the guy said, make sure you stay in touch. Uh, I'll also keep you updated as far as progression and when we could get you in some of these stores. So as we all know, March 2020 is when all hell breaks loose. You know, this is when pandemic starts, crisis, everything shuts down. And everything was shut down for me for months after that. And since I'm not at this point, any product that I had. Oh, I will say uh, this is a, a nice time for me to plug the first time I did a pivot. So pandemic arises. Health is at the forefront of almost any business idea. And I had by that time made a ginger lemonade, but regular lemonade wasn't appealing at the moment. So I made a flavor that I called lemon drop, which I said was a liquid cough drop. And it featured it was very health conscious. So it had lemongrass, mint, ginger. Uh, I used honey, natural, unrefined honey to sweeten it. That way, diabetics, that way it would be diabetic friendly because honey has a low uh, glycemic index, which is, is it isn't too hard on your sugar levels. And that did pretty well. That that did really well, actually. And that's when I had my first run in with the supply chain disruption because I wasn't able to get any more bottles due to the pandemic and that's when Reed's Lemonade really just halted. And it was like that for, for a few months. So now I'm back at the drawing board looking at how I'm going to sustain myself. And that's when I took my second full-time job working for National Assemblers, which you know some people might not be aware of, but... I was pretty good at assembling things, and my main job was to go into, we had accounts with Lowe's in the area, and I would be in the back assembling grills, wheelbarrows, picnic tables, patio furniture, uh, riding lawnmowers, 
basically everything. And I think I got this job in the end of June. Yeah, possibly the end of June. And that's what that <laughs> that was my second job. So the interesting thing about being an assembler is you don't get paid by the hour. You get paid by the piece. So if you're slow, you don't make a lot of money. But if you're fast, you make pretty good money. And I set out to be one of the fastest assemblers, if not in New Orleans, in Louisiana. And I want to say I got pretty close. So uh, we had a whole lot of business because in the beginning of the pandemic, especially that summer, grills were flying off the shelves. I'm talking about it'll be days I'm assembling 20, 25, 30 grills a day. And uh, with being an assembler, you have to cut open a box, take it out the box, assemble it, roll it to where it's supposed to be, rinse and repeat. And once you get good at it, you unbox 10 or 15 grills at a time and then you assemble them one by one by one. Just roll them out, roll them out, roll them out. Keep going. And I did that up until late July, I want to say. Yes, late July slash August 1st. That's when supply started drying up. We didn't have as much product available. And right around that time is when my boss reached out and he said, you know, we're not looking too good as far as product goes with Lowe's getting shipments. But we have this uh, what is a reset job in North Carolina. And I was like, man, what? And he called me like right at the last minute. So he needed me to make a decision that night whether or not I was going to be able to roll out tomorrow morning. And uh, all he could tell me is working at Walmart because Walmart was doing a remodel. Uh, It was a remodel job. Walmart was doing a remodel and the job was in North Carolina. And I would have to leave from New Orleans and drive to North Carolina that next morning. Because that's when he got the information on his desk and I was one of his best assemblers. So he gave me an opportunity to do that. And I was like, man, you know, it's not looking good here. So I, I, I guess that's where I'm going. And I called Paton, my, my little brother, and I was like, hey, <laughs> you want to go to North Carolina tomorrow? And he was like, hold up, I got to ask my mom. He asked his mom. His mom said, yeah. So the next morning we rolled out. On our way to North Carolina. Oh, man, that was so interesting. We were in oh, New Bern, New Bern, North Carolina. The closest, the, close, the closest big city was Havelock, North Carolina. You know, it's, you know it's small. You know the city is small. We have to reference a bigger, larger city in order to kind of get an idea of where you are. So, yeah, I was in New Bern, and I want to say that was... I think 40, 45 minutes or an hour away from Raleigh, I think. I'm not sure. But basically in the middle of nowhere. And I'm out there with me and my little brother and a handful of other people from all around the country. Some people from Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, one guy from Louisiana and a couple of other people from North Carolina as well. So we're out there and basically our job, we work nights. So I started at 10 p.m. and I got off, got off work at 7 a.m. And our job was to rearrange shelves. Uh, I think they call them counters. 
yeah, rearrange counters, uh, put stuff in other places. You know, just just it wasn't it wasn't heavy heavy work, but it it, it it was it was good it was good money. It was okay money. I forgot how much I get paid. I got bad memory. Side note, but I'm there. I was there on my birthday, so I was that was August fourteenth, and we got there August second. And I want to say I leave, we're there all of August, I leave at the end of September because, to be honest, let's just say there were many cultural differences between myself and my coworkers. And there was only a certain number of hotel rooms available. And after Paton had left, I was in the hotel room by myself. And word got to corporate that I was in a hotel room by myself. And it was like, well, you got a room with somebody else. I was like, all right, that's fine. And when they told me who I had the room with, I was like, oh, oh, this, 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 uh, this ain't going to be good. This ain't going to be good. He was, he was definitely a MAGA. <laughs> he was definitely a MAGA. And I had no shame about it. So I voiced my concern. Luckily, I dodged that one. So he was like, you know, we're not going to put you with that one. Because I made my... I made my uh, I made my opinion very clear to HR that I was not willing to, to to room with him just because that would just that would put both of us in a at least me in an uncomfortable position and I wasn't I wasn't with it. So then they started letting more people go and I was on an island, if you will, speaking speaking uh I've got the name of the word. Uh, for instance, I, I I was on an island when it when, when it came to culture, so I could only take it for so long, and then I I made a decision to come back, come back to come back to Louisiana. So I finished that job. That was September, I think mid midway September, and I'm back doing lemonade full time. Luckily, while I was working that job, I was very, very aggressive with saving. So I did have some money put aside to pay for some startup because at that moment I had to repurchase uh, all my lemons, all my produce, everything. So I'm looking for a place to start the lemonade and I'm I'm hitting duds. I'm hitting duds. I'm having meetings with real estate people. Uh, the meeting starts to sound promising, and then we hit a brick wall. Another time starts to sound promising, hit a brick wall, and it it must have went on like that for oh man, like seven months. It, it was it was rough. So. Uh, also, something that many many people don't know, uh, I had to I had to make the lemonade somewhere, so uh, I had a makeshift garage, and I was I was I was getting it done. You know, I was I was getting it done. So, fast forward to twenty twenty one. I'm 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 getting I'm trying to regain the accounts that I had prior to the pandemic. But some contacts went were out of date. Uh, they were no longer working at the establishment. So it was really starting from square one. And it was it was pretty tough, you know, 
the same thing I did when I moved back to New Orleans, loaded up the truck, had samples, and just went introducing myself, uh, saying, hey, my name is Willie Lionel Reed, and name my company is Reed's Lemonade. And that that was that was okay. Uh, it wasn't great, but it was okay. And then and in my free time, I started taking my cooking a little bit more serious because I was I was I was I'm very, very interested uh, in culinary arts. And and it's something that I hold dearly. So I, I, I did meal preps. I did I did plates and the turnout was so so. Uh, that's, that's almost like my theme as far as turnouts, but it did give me some type of experience with, uh, cooking for semi large amount of people. Uh, we're talking probably 20, 30 people. So fast forward to right around May of 2021, I believe, uh, my brother works in the film industry or should I say he works for a film catering company. And I was like, man, you know, if y'all ever need somebody, just holler at me, you know, because my, my skills, my skills getting up there. And he was like, all right, all right, whatever. And sure, sure enough, a, an opening became available. And he told me, you know, I'm just letting you know beforehand, like once you say yes, you, you in there. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be pretty tough. You know, balancing this job and the lemonade because uh, the the film industry is very demanding as far as time. So, uh, you know, the average day we might we might have to be at work from anywhere between one a.m. to three a.m. and we're not getting off. You know, four five five p.m. So the average day is at least twelve to fourteen hours. So I was like, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm 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 ready for it. So I put my name in the hat, and fair enough, uh, I I get the job as a baker. And I wasn't too crazy about sweets, but if that's what I got to do to get my foot in the door, I'm 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 with it. So it was me and another guy in charge of the salads, uh, breakfast, pastries, biscuits, bacon, desserts, and and that's about all. And at that time, we were working on a set of NCIS New Orleans. So it's pretty big production. And I start and I bump my head a couple of times. But I was like, you know, I, I, I could get the hang of this. And we wrap up that show. And the boss asked me if I would be interested in being a part of the crew, like as in being full time. And I was like, yeah, because I, 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 I liked it. So. Uh, we go on to the next show. The name of the next show was Where the Crawdads Sing. Uh, interesting show. Very interesting. But that was my first time actually being solo in charge of the desserts, salads, and things like that. And, 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 and I liked it. The challenge with being in the uh, film catering business is that every day is something different, but... For my responsibility, all I had to do was two desserts, salads, and, you know, like I said, the breakfast stuff. So literally, there's nobody telling you, like, what dessert to make. So every day you have to come with something different and you have to be creative. And it was something that I really enjoyed. 
So that was my third full time job. And I am currently still working for the same company as I also uh, pursue my own business. And it's something to highlight. It's, it's necessary. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily praise quitting your job. I would say work your job as long as financially possible until you literally can't uh, you can't fulfill your job duties and your business duties uh, in the same day. Like you literally don't have enough time. And the reason why I say that is because your job provides you security, you know, not just benefits if your job has that, but you have a good idea when you're going to get paid, how much you're going to get paid. That's set in stone. Whereas with your own business, you could have a really good month, uh, especially if you're selling products like myself, but you could have a, a, another month where things don't go like they usually go. And now you're having to dip into that, that reserve fund uh, in order to keep things afloat. And if that reserve fund is non-existent, then now you put yourself in a, in, in a way worse predicament. So that is my work history and how I'm currently working just to give a little bit of insight on my journey. And uh, that that's all I have for this episode. Thanks. And I'll talk to you later.